0: and welcome to another episode of the you're so quiet podcast as always i'm your host chelsea brown this week we're going to be talking about what i've been consuming and this episode will be especially good if you're looking for a good read as you go into the holiday season maybe you're home for the holidays and you just kind of want to read a good book i feel you. and i've clearly been doing the same thing i also have some books that i flat out did not finish I've been kind of uh, kind of ruthless with my, my book choices, and if it doesn't grab me, then it doesn't grab me and I'm over it. I just don't have the patience for it lately, to be perfectly honest. So before I jump in, quick birthday recap. I turned 29, which still feels super weird, but I was able to do absolutely nothing on my birthday, which was awesome. It was exactly what I wanted to do. I did not want to clean. I did not want anyone asking me for anything. I didn't want to make appointments. I just wanted to be completely left alone unless you wanted to tell me how amazing I am and how much you love me. Like that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I wanted. So I was absolutely able to do that. And I think it was funny that only a couple people that really know me were like, oh yeah, I get it. That sounds like a great birthday for you but someone that I really don't know very well was like, no, you have to go somewhere for your birthday. I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare, literally a nightmare. And I don't wanna deal with, with people on my birthday. So I didn't, I did absolutely nothing. It was amazing. I highly recommend that you also do nothing on your birthday. It's truly, truly underrated in my opinion. Let's go ahead and jump into it. I have a lot of content to cover, some you might recognize. I watched an iconic classic 2000s movie that you will recognize, but I'll save that for last. So let's start off with books. I read Survive the Night by Riley Sager. It was a fantastic thriller book, and I think it was interesting that it was kind of written like a screenplay Like, each chapter would open with where specifically they were, like, Volvo, interior, dusk, you know what I mean? So, that was a really interesting concept, and it went well with the actual character who is narrating the story, so that was awesome. The story is set in the early 90s, and the 90s comes with its own peculiarities and challenges because this story would not happen today and you'll understand once I give you the premise. So a college student gets a ride home with a stranger following the murder of her best friend. She doesn't want to be at school at the moment. Her home is several hours away and she gets a ride home with someone that she's never met before. Now this would never ever in life happen today because for a couple reasons. First of all, I have had it rammed into my brain since I was a child, the stranger danger concept. Never in life would I get into a vehicle with someone I don't know unless I actually hired that someone to drive me, like an Uber driver or a taxi driver or something like that. But just some rando who saw my advertisement on a like a cork board in the college commons that's just not going to happen secondly if for some reason i were to be so stupid and get in a car with a stranger the second i think the stranger is dangerous i'm calling someone texting someone i'm getting out of that situation or at least doing my best to do so during the book, the college student is kind of confined to very limited resources. So if they run into people at a rest stop, for example, she can try to convince them that she's in trouble. Or if she sees a payphone, she can try to pretend to call her boyfriend, you know? So I thought it was a really clever use of setting and one that you don't really see too much. Usually you see stories set in present day or maybe early 1900s 1800s but the 90s really isn't too common right now so i really really like the story i thought it was a great example of character development and how mental health can affect someone's judgment and make them doubt themselves so i thought that was a really really good book i listened to it on audiobook and I finished it in like two days. So granted, (laughs) I listened to all my audiobooks at 1.5 speed. I feel like any slower feels like they're talking extremely slow. And I don't know if that's because I myself talk really fast, I don't know, but I still finished the book in two days on audiobook and that for me is really, really fast. So I highly recommend that one. That one is five stars for me all the way. I also finished The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. If you do not recall, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but it's set in both present day and the 1800s. The story revolves around an apothecary whose sole mission it was to protect women, whatever the cost. The present day character is a would-be historian who is in London on what was supposed to be a trip for her and her husband but she recently found out that he was cheating, so she just went by herself. The 1800s characters are the people associated with the apothecary. Now, sometimes with books with multiple narrators, in my opinion, and this is something that I also did in my most recent book that I just got back from my editor, it seems that the characters don't really have a life outside of the conflict. Now... In The Lost Apothecary, particularly the present-day character, but also the, the main 1800s character, they both have, like, their own lives, their own problems, all these other minor conflicts that would actually be happening to a real-life person. And that, for me, made the characters far more believable, far more lifelike, and really contributed to just a really full story. I will also say that toward, I would say the last quarter, it started to feel like it was going a little bit off the rails, but it was still believable. Like, I understand how we got there, but yeah, it just kind of felt a little bit strange the last quarter of the book. However, if you're looking for a historical fiction type book, a feminist book, The Lost Apothecary is a great choice. And for me, I would say probably four out of five stars. I am currently reading two books. As you know, I love to do books at the same time for no apparent reason. I'm reading The Shadows by Alex North. I love the concept. It's basically about lucid dreaming and the concept of Seeing other people in your dreams. Throw in a murder and dark characters, and I am in. But I'm having a lot of trouble investing in this book. I'm listening to it on audiobook, and I find myself just tuning it out, which does not bode well. As I said earlier, I'm being very, very ruthless (laughs) with my time lately, and that's something I'll talk about next week because I, I feel like I'm just really burned out and i don't want anything to feel like work to be perfectly honest with you so if it's not grabbing me then it's out and frankly i think the shadows i'll give it another chance because i think the concept is really really cool and it might be just about to get going but uh, yeah so for me take it or leave it i picked it for two reasons i follow the book of the month instagram page I actually don't have a subscription, but I do think it's interesting to see what books they pick every month. And the cover of The Shadows was very enticing to me. And sometimes I pick my books in the same way that I pick my wine. If the cover or the label is cool, then I will pick it. And I've I've gotten lucky sometimes. I am also reading Half Sick of Shadows by Laura Sebastian and i'm just now seeing that little bit of irony in the titles i'm half sick of the shadows by alex north but half sick of shadows by laura sebastian it is a story about a seer in king arthur's camelot who is forced to know things she cannot reveal eventually she has to decide if she's going to change destiny and if so how much i just started on this one but i am loving it so far I love a good retelling story. There was one book called Cinder in a Lunar Chronicles series, I think it was called. And it's a retelling of of fairy tales. Like 10 years ago, it was really, really popular to have retelling of fairy tales. I personally love that, to be quite honest with you. There's nothing better to me than kind of reimagining something I already know. I think it's surprising that I say that, and I'm really not a huge fan of, like, fan fiction, but I think sometimes that's also the quality of writing that you sometimes get on, like, Wattpad, for example. It's not, not always the best. And now on to the books that I did not finish. Flat out just returned them to the library. I cannot stress enough how much I love borrowing books from the library because, I feel no pressure to finish reading it. I didn't pay for it. I am not beholden to it. I do not owe anyone anything. I just return it to the library and let the next poor soul in line read this terrible book. I'm not saying, okay, terrible in my opinion. Like, let's just be clear. I am a writer myself, and I understand how hard it can be to hear that someone else doesn't like something that you created but just remember if you're a writer and something that I always try to remember is that writing is art and art is subjective. I personally, for example, do not understand the appeal of a Jackson Pollock painting, but they're very popular, very well known, very expensive, and a lot of people really like his work. So to each their own. And for me, these two books that I'm going to talk about were amiss. So the first one is The Maidens by Alex McLehdes. It's set in Cambridge in which there is a murder on a college campus. The story follows an obsessive therapist and the actual murderer. And to be clear, that's two people, two different people, the therapist and the murderer, two different people. So multiple perspectives, which you know that I don't really mind and I actually kind of like it sometimes. But I really wanted to love this because I loved The Silent Patient by the same author. But this one was not doing it for me at all. It took so long to get into the story. And by the time the story was actually going, I didn't feel invested in any way when I found out that someone was murdered. And like not even like, oh, I wonder who did it. I literally did not care. Still don't care could not care less about who killed this person. So for me, that one was a big time miss. But if you did not like The Silent Patient, you might like The Maidens. But yeah, so for me, just wasn't the move. I also did not finish Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It was supposed to be a high drama in a family setting set on the beaches of Malibu, but uh, I got 15% of the way through and 15 one five and it was putting me to sleep, literally putting me to sleep. I would read it at night to fall asleep instead of like staying up as long as I could until my eyes would not stay open, which is, it's just not, not a good move. So, as soon as that thing started literally putting me to sleep second night in a row, I'm just like, okay, goodbye. I don't have time for this. I don't have energy for this. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. See you later. And that one went right back to the library, too. I still have several books coming in on my waiting list. And maybe I said these before, but I will say them again. I am waiting on A Slow Fire Burning by Paula Hawkins. I'm waiting on The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave and My Body by Emily Ratajkowski. And In My Dreams I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead. I have two more. The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina by Zoraida Cordova. And finally, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Now, the last one is by the same author who wrote Malibu Rising. So, I don't have super high hopes. However, Malibu Rising did not have a wait list at the library. You could borrow it immediately. And that's not always a bad thing. But I've been waiting on The Seven Husbands for... I think I put in my request like three weeks ago and I'm still not expected to get it for another six weeks. So I, I do have, have high hopes for that one and for the others. And frankly, if not, I, I don't care. I love borrowing books from the library because I have zero, zero commitment, zero pressure to finish it. And I highly recommend you do the same. My bank account is thanking me. And it's a service you pay for anyway. If you pay taxes, you pay for the library. So just use it. Now, as for TV, I am re-watching The Witcher Season 1. Season 2 comes out December 17th. So by the time this episode airs, the second season will be on Netflix. The Witcher follows the story of someone named Geralt of Rivia a solitary monster hunter who struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than monsters and beasts. So, if you're into fantasy stories, if you're into monster hunting stories, highly recommend there is also 3 Witcher games and Witcher 3 was fantastic. So, I I really like the Witcher franchise. I tried to get into the books. But they are really really dialogue driven so for me i need at least a little bit of like description and setting and all the other things outside of dialogue to really get into a story and unfortunately the the books just did not have that i don't know if it's like a translation issue it is by a polish author i'm not going to try to say his name because i think that would be That would be offensive (laughs) to him and all of his family. So I'm not going to do that. The author of The Witcher, his writing might have been translated such that it's just not giving that full description that he intended. I don't know. But for me, the book's kind of a miss. The Netflix series I liked, and I'm actually liking it more now that I'm rewatching it because I'm able to understand all the different timelines. It can be a little bit off-putting at first. And I'm really excited for the second season. I am also slowly but surely watching the Sex and the City reboot. Now, I will absolutely give you spoilers ahead. So, if you don't want spoilers for the first, literally just the first episode, because I've only watched two, then skip ahead a couple minutes because I'm going to vent about this for a second. So, the sex in the city reboot is called and just like that and that's kind of like their tagline at the end of the two episodes i've seen it's like and just like that something happened everyone came back for the series except for samantha and samantha was my favorite character but according to the internet she was not invited which i think is sucky and even though she's not she's never seen never heard from she is somehow still a character in the show like they're trying to make it out like there was this huge falling out and whatever and that's just not samantha's move she's always been very friend driven and no matter what happened between them they always worked it out so i i don't appreciate that they're trying to besmirch samantha's character like that but what really bothered me was the end of the first episode. So, Carrie goes out to Charlotte's daughter's piano rehearsal. Her and Big are married, still. And he decides he wants to just stay home and ride his Peloton, get a workout in. Did not feel like going to the recital. Fine. Carrie gets home and sees Big on the floor having a heart attack. And she stands there for a second and then runs over to him and is just, like, screaming his name, John, John, John. This really irked me a lot because it may have been that he would have died anyway. But for me, if I'm in that scenario, I walk into a room, I see my husband on the floor... The first thing I'm doing is calling 911. I'm not running over and screaming his name. That's not going to help anybody. I'm calling 911. Okay. And earlier in the episode, there was mention that they actually had emergency nitroglycerin in the nightstand. So I'm like, you talked about this in the show literally like the day before and you, Carrie, did not go get that for him, knowing that it was there. You just ran over to him and screamed his name. And at the end, they were just, and just like that, Big was dead or Big died or something like that. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. How much did you pay this man to come out of retirement of the Sex in the City franchise for one episode? One episode in which he dies of a heart attack. And by the way, Peloton is putting out ads now talking about how cardio exercise is actually good for your heart and it's not going to kill people and whatever. So honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Peloton didn't sue Sex in the City because like their stock dropped 12% in one day and people are blaming the Sex in the City episode for it. So, I'm just, I mean, it was weird. I do not appreciate how it feels like Carrie just let him die, because there are so many other things that she could have done. And, by the way, one of the things that they focus on was that she wore her blue Manolos, which, as you may know if you watched Sex in the City before, those were her wedding shoes, right? And she wore them to the recital, when she comes home, Big is on the floor. I, I didn't mention that the shower is actually on behind him and it's just like a big walk-in shower. So, while Carrie is screaming his name and holding him, she like makes him lay flat and her shoes fall off in the shower under the water. And I know this seems like really stupid, but Carrie loves her shoes more than anybody or anything you know this to be true if you watched sex in the city she would never even in this instance have let her shoes go in the water she would have kicked them off so okay so to me feels like there's a lot wrong with this episode and maybe they were trying to say that finally carrie had found someone who mattered to her more than her shoes fine but if that's the case can the girl pick up the phone that's she either has in her bag or she could have picked up big cell phone, which was right behind her. So yeah, um, yeah, (laughs) I have, I have some problems. I am also curious to see just how the series goes, because already they're kind of navigating, like, what it's like to be a white woman in current America and talking about race issues and talk like literally talking what it's like to talk about race issues and I we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes I don't think we need a show talking about how hard it is to be a white woman because that's just not a good take so we'll see we'll see the original sex in the city was a little eh, dicey at times also but yeah I, I don't know I don't know, I'm a, I'm a big Sex in the City fan, so I hope that this turns out well, and there's really only one way to find out. So, moving on, finally, if you skipped ahead, this is your sign to stop skipping, because I'm done talking about Sex in the City. The last thing I want to talk to you about is the only movie I watched this last couple weeks. We were, I don't remember what my husband and I were watching, probably some trash TV show. And they made a Mean Girls reference, and he like didn't laugh at it. I'm just like, you've seen Mean Girls, right? And he said no. So naturally, we watched Mean Girls right after. Still iconic, however, uh, did not age well in some in some categories. Uh, they use the R word a lot and the N word. Clearly, this is an early 2000s movie. I, I do think it's still iconic. I think it's still funny. But I do think that it also aged very poorly. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if you've seen it before, a rewatch is great. You might be, uh, like, moderately offended or upset or just, like, really this was okay to say in a movie. 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But yeah, Uh, he finally understands all the references, which is, it was worth the watch. And I'm reminded of a simpler time when movies were only 90 minutes and I didn't have to dedicate half my day to watch a movie. I mean, okay, catch me watching six episodes of an hour-long drama in a row, but... Like three hour movies? I'm I'm sorry, I just don't I just feel like I don't have the time. I clearly have the time, but just something about watching the same stuff for three hours and knowing that it did not have to be that long. Sometimes I just wonder like why wouldn't you just pare it down? Your profits would be greater, your costs would be less. I don't really understand this this need for a three hour movie. I love a good 90-minute movie. Get in, get out, you have a great story, move on with your day. These long movies, Dune, Mm -mm. catch me never ever watching that again. Yeah, it was, it was good for cinematic value, but yeah, it could have been a lot shorter. A lot shorter. So, that's all I've been consuming. I say that's all as if I haven't consume months worth of content in two weeks. Totally fine. Totally fine. Anyway, on that note, we are about at the end of our time together. I will see you guys next week. We are going to be talking about burnout next week because your girl is going through it and it's the end of the year. I'm sure I am not the only one. So, we will talk about that next week. In the meantime, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at yoursoquietpod. Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. You can visit my blog and website at cbrownauthor.com. And please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help out your favorite introvert. Okay, love you. Bye.